Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. The Bible couldn't be more clear about Judgment Day. The world is going to end. And at the end, Jesus will return in glory to judge. And he'll judge between all people. Every single person will be judged, whether they are alive or dead. Jesus' parable about the sheep and the goats from our gospel lesson shows how when he returns to judge, he will separate people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Uh, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. But I think Judgment Day for us has, has become sort of like an abstraction. You know, the end of the world, thinking about the end of the world is for, well, the end of the world. It doesn't mean anything to me right now. You know, it's hard to apply to my life right now. You know, I got, got out my snowblower the other day to, to tune it up and prep it for the year uh, when it was 74 degrees outside uh, and sunny. It's, it's really hard to think about snow when it's 74 degrees and sunny, but, <clears throat> well, snow is here now, right? And so because we have a hard time <clears throat> applying uh, thinking about the future like that, applying it to our life now, applying Judgment Day to our life now, you know, maybe we assume that there actually won't be a judgment. Or at the very least, we assume that it, it won't be that hard. Uh, it won't be that hard of a judge, a test, a, like, like passing a driver's test without the, the parallel parking part. And we just kind of assume that we are going to be among the sheep and that only the worst of people will be among the goats. But that's not what God says. God actually gives a serious warning to people who would consider themselves to be good enough, uh, who have no need to prepare, who don't take seriously his warnings. We have to think about Judgment Day right now because we do not know when it will happen. We also don't know when our life, our time on earth will be up. Our chief hymn that we just sang, I think, sums it up very well. Then woe to those who scorned the Lord and sought but carnal pleasures, who here despised his precious word and loved their earthly treasures. With shame and trembling they shall stand, and at the judge's stern command to Satan be delivered. The hymn writer's on to something. The goats are those who despised his precious word and loved their earthly treasures. So what's the basis on which Jesus will return to judge? On whether or not someone loved the Lord. And this is not an abstraction as the parable shows. This is not a general good feeling of love towards God. The question is whether or not a person received the Lord in their lifetime whether or not they heard the Lord and believed him. This parable is not about works or actions. It's not about feeding the poor, helping the poor, visiting the sick. But actions do show, doing those things do show where someone's faith lies. So if I love my idea of a career more than God, or if I love my kids 
more than God, or if I love the idea of them getting ahead in the world more than God, if I love my happiness, my pleasure, or if I love my health or my life more than God, if I refuse to give those things up for God, well, then that's going to affect what I do. It's going to affect my time. It's going to affect whether or not I hear and receive Jesus' words. And if I'm not receiving Jesus, then I show myself to have another God. As we say in the first commandment, to love something or someone else more than God is to have another God. So notice there's not just sheep and goats in the parable, but there's a third group as well. Jesus says, just as you did it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Now, whenever the Gospels, and especially the Gospel of Matthew, uses the word, the term brother, it only has two meanings. Uh, this word is not the word for neighbor that Jesus uses in the parable of the Good Samaritan uh, when the young ruler asks, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus shows them, where well, everyone, those closest to you are your neighbors. But here Jesus uses the term brother. The only other time the word brother doesn't mean literal uh, blood brother, it means the disciples, the apostles, the ministers of Jesus, those who spread the gospel. In Matthew 7, uh, there's a parallel section of this where Jesus says that ministers will also be judged. They will be judged by their preaching, by their fruit. And again, just like the sheep and the goats, to those who had bad fruit, who, who preached in Jesus' name but, but never preached the gospel, Jesus will say to those ministers, I never knew you. And so here at the end of Matthew, the sheep are those who welcome and receive Jesus' brothers. That is, those who hear and receive the good teaching of the gospel through his brothers, his ministers. In Matthew 10, Jesus says when he sends out his brothers, his disciples, he says it will not be them speaking, but, but God speaking through them. Jesus speaking. He says to them, he who receives you, receives me. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. So then what separates the sheep from the goats is whether or not they receive Jesus through those who speak the gospel to them. So again, this parable is not about, not about works, not about providing for the poor, but about faith. Faith comes from hearing the gospel. Because whoever speaks the gospel, it is not them speaking. It's not their words that are powerful, but, but God. Jesus' teaching and his word comes through human beings, through through ministers. Isaiah says the same thing in our Old Testament lesson. He says that in the voice of the herald, in the voice of the messenger who is proclaiming coming judgment, here is your God. In the voice of the messenger, here is your God. So Jesus is actually here in the proclamation of the gospel. He is here even if you cannot see him but you hear him. Whenever you hear the gospel proclaimed, you hear Jesus. 
That's the whole thing about the word. It's not seen, it's heard. And that's why the sheep and the goats are both shocked. The sheep heard the word of God and didn't think anything of it. But they received Jesus by it. The goats, who, who thought they could be a Christian by their works, are surprised when Jesus says to them, I was here, but you never did anything for me. The church, the sheep, cannot be found apart from where forgiveness is preached. Sheep receive forgiveness, a clean coat. Sheep have shepherds. Goats don't. Sheep hear the voice of their good shepherd. Goats do not. And this is where the parable begins to impact your life right now although maybe not in the way that you expect, because you too are a brother of Jesus. At least in a general way, this parable applies to any Christian who proclaims the word of God in his or her vocation and who suffer for it. It applies to the Christian who is persecuted at work for speaking the truth. It applies to the mother and father who have to deal with a, a transgender uh, daughter uh, or, or a son who's living in adultery. It applies to grandparents whose grandchild has left the church. The world wants you to be quiet and pretend all these things are okay as if that will just make things better somehow. But it's not as if doing those things, doing nothing, will actually bring anyone to Christ. It won't. The word needs to be heard. It needs to be revealed. And so this, this doesn't mean make a scene at your Thanksgiving dinner, but, but we do need to, to speak the truth. We need to say things like, I love you and I want you in heaven, but what you are doing, this is not the path to heaven. You are showing that you love earthly treasures more than God, and that breaks my heart. But I still love you and so does Jesus. And at the same time, we should expect that because we hear, believe, and speak the truth, the word of God, we should expect to be hungry and thirsty. We should expect to be naked and sick and in prison. And for some people, be even those closest to us, for them, for them to reject us, to refuse to hear us. We should not be surprised when some people hate us because they hated Christ first. We should not be surprised if we are persecuted, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before us. Proclaiming the truth, the word of God, even though it might bring you suffering, well, it might actually work, because it's God's word. But if not, in the end, you will be vindicated. As we heard last week, if you suffer for righteousness' sake, blessed are you, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. St. Paul says the same thing in our epistle lesson. This is a tremendous comfort and consolation that impacts me in my life right now. It is a tremendous blessing to suffer for the sake of Jesus and his word. In my suffering, in your suffering, it, it might not feel like Jesus is anywhere near me or you. It might not feel like I'm doing anything for Jesus. 
I could be doing the most mundane and ordinary things. I could be doing a thousand other, other things that would seem to be more profitable for me right now that will ensure peace in my family, that will ensure uh, that I don't lose my job, that will ensure uh, that I keep my friends, that my kids get ahead. But there is no greater treasure than the Word of God. There is no greater thing that I have in my life right now than the Word of God. There is no greater comfort. There is nothing more powerful than the Word of God. And so then the reality is, when I speak it, when you speak it, we're not doing anything. We're doing nothing. It is not our words, our eloquence, our work, our effort, but the preaching of God. The preaching of the gospel is the power of God. It's the work of Jesus. And the truth of the gospel is, that, is not that I will never be hungry or thirsty or a stranger, but, but rather that Christ is there with me in those things. Suffering for the gospel is a sign that judgment day is coming soon. Like the first few snowflakes before winter comes. But suffering will end. So the truth that Jesus will come again to judge is for us the most tremendous comfort right now. And so we look forward to that day in faith, trusting that Jesus has paid my debt. After all, Jesus himself was a stranger. He was a sick. He was sick, lacking clothes, sick and in prison. His life, his suffering and death on the cross means that he will welcome you and me. He will receive you and me and all whom he calls sheep. And so we pray with the hymn, O Jesus Christ, do not delay. Come, mighty judge, and make us free from every evil. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.